We are joined now by new University of Tulsa football coach Kevin Wilson, who, what, Kelly, three days ago was involved in an instant classic semifinal college football playoff game, one of the best postseason games I've ever seen, uh, which was crazy too, Coach, because I'm sure you've noticed or heard by now that that, that game ended at exactly midnight Eastern time. So as soon as 2022 ended and 2023 began, you were able to, your life has kind of been played out on a split screen for a month here to you on one side, Ohio State on the other. Now you're 100% uh, Tulsa Golden Hurricane head football coach. When, when you first became aware of the opening, was your interest immediate or did you find out a little more about it and then get involved that way? How was that process at the very beginning? Yeah, you know, I kind of thought, Bill, um, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you never anticipate, uh, but sometimes the coach or going into the season, you know, I, I just thought maybe going into the season, that was a job that maybe could become available and a job I thought maybe that I would have some interest in. And I also thought maybe I would fit the profile potentially uh, of what they would be looking for there. So uh, I was interested in the job, not wishing bad luck on any coaches or any teams but before, before, uh, before it happened. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, it happens. I'm interested. I was kind of interested before it happened. Um, never said that to anyone. Just me looking at how teams are playing and their records, where they're at. And coaches have been there a certain period of time. Maybe it's time for transition. And, again, wasn't, again, wanting or wishing bad luck or ill will on anyone. So uh, I was aware of the job before it became open. Thought it might be when it was. I just made a – I had a guy that was doing some – some behind the scenes agent work just said, hey, I'd be interested in Tulsa uh, if there's a not if there's a mutual interest. And so he reached out and there was and it kind of went from there. Yeah. So I mean, um, after six years at Ohio State, your record there was 67 and nine, by the way. Crazy. Um, but after six years at Ohio State, had you decided kind of, you know what, this offseason, I really want to make it. Uh, I really want to look at getting back to being a head coach again. I, or was it just more circumstantial that this this turned out to be the time? A little circumstantial. I mean, there's been a couple of years where you've poked and looked to see. Uh, but again, you know, every every job is different, Bill, when it opens up. Uh, looking for an offensive guy, looking for a defensive guy, looking for a young guy, looking for an older guy. Uh, there's, there's, there's all kinds of scenarios. And, you know, I kind of felt um, realistically, you know, what jobs would – uh, be attractive where I thought it'd be a great place to live. You could have success and win, and it would be worth leaving Ohio State. Uh, it wasn't like I had to leave or needed to leave or really wanted to leave. Matter of fact, it was kind of sad to leave. My son plays on the team here. Got two daughters that live in town. I mean, shoot, they're more bummed out and mad. Although, as a young coach, I was at Oklahoma years ago, and some of these first jobs started coming available. Sometimes I didn't maybe pursue a job as hard because I wasn't sure where my kids were. If moving the kids, it was the right time to move. Now my youngest kid, I have five. My oldest is a, a lawyer here in Columbus working for the district attorney um, uh, downtown. Um, my number two works for Ohio State, a little bit on the side in, the, in apparel business. My youngest son's a freshman on the team. And they said, why don't you do what you want to do one time? Which was kind of nice for my kids to say that. So um, um, like I said, I wasn't pushing. I had to leave, wanted to leave. A matter of fact, kind of even... When I was off the job, I said, let me go talk to my wife now. Do we really want to do this? And, you know, said some prayers about it to make sure. I've always said 
since that good run we had in Oklahoma, I got to a point if it wasn't about me and my career as much as was I at the place coaching the kids I was supposed to be coaching, impacting the lives you're supposed to impact, trying to build and be a part of a great program. And then also is a good place to raise your family or live. And now the family's kind of raised. So the raising the family wasn't as high on the totem pole as it was in years past. Um, assembling your staff, is that your biggest priority at, at this stage? And, and um, do you anticipate those hires to be made pretty quickly? Yeah, it's um, uh, uh, going through the bowl season. Uh, there was a little bit of gauging interest and in trying to put it together myself, being a, an offensive oriented person, wanted to maybe start with some defensive guys that felt good about new, new offensive guys, because you know, there's, there's basically a, a fine, finite amount of funds that I have that can go to coaches. And I didn't want to get too many things lined up. I had a pecking order of, of who to get or how to get and then try to piece it together. It's a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle. Sometimes people you like maybe don't fit. Maybe the budget doesn't allow you to chase things. Maybe the budget changes and, you're going for more experienced or less experienced guys based on what you can offer, but you're trying to put together a good team. So that's, uh, there was a little bit of that. Um, the, the initial job flow has been once I got there was to save as many kids that wanted to stay and not go into the portal. Uh, and that's the day and age where guys want to do that. I, they didn't know me. I tried to earn some trust. We lost a couple. I think we saved a few. Um, but well, you know, the, the good Lord has those plans where guys are supposed to be. I think in this day and age of jumping around, be careful. Also think the day and age of me finding portal players, be careful, buyer beware. You better make sure you're you're getting a good product and a good young man, a good family. Um, from there, it was uh, 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 the next um, Tulsa thing was then the immediate recruiting of the first signing date. So I was trying to solidify those kids that didn't want to come getting to those, those guys. So it was the initial players, then the initial immediate recruits we're dealing with, trying to maybe find a couple, but there's time on the back end to, to piece together some, there's, there's still some good players and guys that we can add here late if we're smart and do it the right way. After that, it then turned, it was basically full throw of the bowl game. And I was, you know, once we got past those those two signing day periods and, uh, and, uh, and the, our players leaving, going home, it was, everything was concentrated on the bowl game and then on the side dealing with coaches. I didn't want to do a lot of formal coach work until the bowl games were done. So as I had some things I thought kind of set up as the bowl game. And unfortunately, I know Bill said it was a classic. It, was a, it wasn't a classic because we lost. It was only a classic if we won the game. So it's not a classic game. It was it was two heck of a good teams playing hard, going back and forth, swinging blows. That was a, and we had a heck of a, of a practice uh, uh, preparation period, getting up for that game and, and playing as well as we did. It was a it was a well of a contest for sure, and that makes it a classic. Um, but now that we're past that, we're going to start trying to finalize the coaches. We don't have to get everything in place. I can't really comment specifically on anyone until they pass background check and HR. So the this day and age of the internet, the rumors are get out there flying. Guys maybe are are not coming, staying. I'm trying to communicate with the Tulsa coaches our direction, the previous staff, what's going on, no one's was technically been, they were all still working until we got through this period. I told them I planned to go through the bowl game before we made final staff decisions. But we're in that point now. I think we're about two weeks, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but I think the bulk of the staff will be maybe in place as we get through the end of this week because our players will be on campus Sunday for a team meeting. School starts Monday. That's a dead recruiting period, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. 
It's a national coaches convention. Our coaches will be in Tulsa trying to connect with now the current team and get the coaches with the current team. And then from there, we go out into a recruiting cycle. So uh, hope to have the coaches hired on board probably about a week for a lot of things being final, maybe two or three weeks for everything's in place. So if, if you guys are having a team meeting Sunday, then you probably know who's on the team. Like, are, are there any guys who are maybe undecided or any of those super seniors trying to, you know, figure out if they want that additional year or has all of that kind of been figured out? I, I, would, I think we're still going through that with some of those guys, you know, I mean, for example, some of those super seniors this past year did not do a very good job academically in schools. So we're talking about that because that that's hurting our image or our APR ranking and, and all that stuff. So there's a little bit of two-way street. Now, a lot of these guys in the super senior year, I think it's just a free check to sit in the dorm room, play Fortnite and call of duty and, and then show up for football practice. So we've got to, we've got to go to class. Some of those guys are going to be, some of those guys can be in grad programs. Some of those guys have taken a second degree. And unfortunate when you're taking a second degree, if you really don't want, you've already graduated really how hard are you working at classes? So we're trying to, as we kind of tr kind of tr create a culture of the value of, of being a good student, a good representative of our university, and, and also being a heck of a football player, playing for championships, you got to, it's a student athlete. And so some of these guys, uh, we're trying to decide, maybe they want to come back or not. Maybe do we want them or not? And let's just make sure we want to work together. I didn't want anyone to leave. I haven't promised or brought, we've added, one transfer player to date. We weren't bringing a lot of players. We wanted just to solidify the roster, see who wanted to start January, working together and start building a, a, a community of a team of guys that want to fight. And you saw what one of our uh, one of our AAC teams did yesterday. And that's recruiting, but that's that's player development. That's chemistry. That's harmony. That's people working together. It'll be interesting to see as we start where that is. So. Uh, uh, you've, you've seen a couple guys publicly have decided to, to transfer out, went to the portal. Um, unfortunately, what guys don't know, you know, when you go into the portal, they have the right to look around. You have the right not to renew their scholarship. So it's kind of a two-way street. So you always want to do what's best for the student athlete. I'm going to support that. But then also Bill knows this. I got to do what's best for the program and for the university. So we'll balance that moving forward. But I'm, I think the bulk of our team is solid and strong. I expect the, uh, a strong showing that the guys are supposed to be there Sunday night. So in a roundabout way, what Tulane did yesterday as a member of the American Conference to beat a team like Southern Cal with the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, doesn't that reinforce your belief and your message that Tulsa can be consistently really good and occasionally a Cotton Bowl type team? You know what I mean? Or, or in the 12-team playoff, Kevin, you know, I mean, the sky's the limit. Uh, but but didn't that didn't isn't that in a roundabout way a victory for Kevin Wilson coming into Tulsa? What Tulane just pulled? Well, it just just the conference and, and everyone's a little bit of the dynamics of, of where we're at. Um, I think Memphis was in that Cotton Bowl a couple of years ago. You know, I go back to my time; I was a part of that Boise State uh, Fiesta Bowl deal. So you've always had those teams, and sometimes that's a perfect storm. Now it's the perfect team with you know the quarterback play and staying healthy and the mojo and the energy of the team. And sometimes it definitely can snowball. Um, I think in this day and age of, of, of portal stuff that you're, you're seeing, some of these teams are, are, I was a part of a team that you're going to recruit so well. It's so many talented players. It's hard not to be a great team. But this day and age of guys changing all the time, I don't know how much player development is. I think one of the best things by our level, you look at the NCAA tournament. And you see some of these mid-level teams that are playing now as high a basketball 
I think Houston in our in our conference right now is playing as high a basketball as anyone in the country. Why they don't have the one year in, uh, NBA guys? You got three and four and five year players that develop, and for us to be a winning, consistent team and have a chance to be a great team, we need developmental players. We're a developmental program, and I think some of this portal shopping around is maybe hindering teams from getting talent, but are they developing? And I think it's going to be the key to our success, Bill, is how we do, how we can engage our players to buy into that, how we can recruit players that want to do that, and then as a coaching staff, how we put it together to get that done, that we develop these young men on and off the field and collectively put them together to represent the Golden Hurricane. You were part of a staff that coached two Heisman quarterbacks at OU with White and Bradford. Uh, you coached at Ohio State. JT Barrett, Clayton Haskins, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud. Uh, C.J. was unbelievable the other night, by the way. Uh, so now with Braxton, you you inherit a, a really interesting, inexperienced guy, but who has everything you would want with regard to size and, and seemingly with potential. So when, when you see Braxton, the little bit of video you've been able to study, do you see him at a young stage looking like any of these great quarterbacks you've coached elsewhere? No, I hadn't. I mean, I, I see one having met him, what seems like a, a super kid, you know, got nice charisma. You know, I was told right away from uh, from Rick Dixon that he would it would be as good as anyone capturing the locker room at a young, uh, young age, that he had just a, a tremendous personality and, and skill set for leadership. And I think that says a lot. Um, just watch the little, I mean, little minimal tape. Um, didn't want to, even my previous job when I was in Indiana, I didn't really go back and try to judge kids on what they had done before. Uh, but what I see is what I think is a, a, a looks to be a very big, strong, looks like he has a great throwing set. I haven't worked with him yet to see how accurate, haven't been in those positions to see what his decision making and his ability to process information and see and distribute the ball. But from a physical size attribute, look at him play, and then most importantly, meeting him as a kid. I've been more impressed with him as a young man than I am him, the athlete. I think you right. guys see the quarterback. I think what I think is a very gifted young man. And some of those things we don't put the stopwatches on are measurables that can really make a kid a special, great player. So like what we see, uh, but again, just, you know, really starting to peel the onion back and getting a feel for what the true talent and potential and upside is. But he appears to be talented. Again, we've got some other guy, got a nice, uh, couple young players that were, as always, you're going to need more than one, you know, and with depth and, 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 and with injury and things that can happen. So we're excited to work with Brax, but all those quarterbacks and all the kids. So who uh, in your lifetime of football, who is who do you think the best quarterback ever? The, the Kevin Wilson's best quarterback ever. Whether we're talking college or NFL football. Oh, who, I mean, who's your gold standard guy at the position? Oh, they're all, I mean, they're, 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 I mean, they're different. I mean, J, you know, Jason White had a bunch of moxie at Oklahoma and, and was, was, but you know, you take a guy like Paul Thompson, nobody talks about who's playing wide receiver and you move him back to quarterback in preseason, it takes you to a championship. Don't undervalue guys like that, that, that maximize their talent potential versus these, you know, Sam Bradford's uh, accuracy, decision-making, mind, intelligent, off the chart. Um, JT Barrett was such a, I competed against him and had, ultimate respect for him as just a man because I thought he, he played like a young man and first time I, I met him I felt like I was talking to an NFL guy I'm sure he was um Dwayne Haskins tragically passed unbelievable talent throwing CJ the same 
Justin Fields might be the best total athlete and the best package of all of them. I mean, Justin's and you see what he's doing in the NFL. We didn't we didn't run him a lot here because you don't want to get him hurt just because you knew how talented he was. But I mean, he's he's lighting up the NFL. But those those are all. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if they're, they're just all different. I think the thing we found is the ability to take Jason White that came off of two knees or Sam Bradford that's very accurate or JT Barrett that's a running guy. But he still threw for 270 yards a game, but he was a quarterback running guy. Dwayne Haskins, more of a pocket guy, could move in the pocket, really not run the ball. All those guys were uniquely gifted and great, but they were all different. And I think our ability to be flexible and play to the quarterback's strengths is going to Give, give Braxton and, and all these quarterbacks a chance to have great years. Oh, uh, you were an offense. So many good coaches. I mean, so many offensive linemen, become, they're almost like catchers in baseball. They, they seem to just have a head for football and coaching football. But if you hadn't gotten into coaching, what would have been your plan B in life? What would you have done? You know, I don't know. I never was much in business. Um, yeah, I'd probably been working at the golf course, parking carts, and working on some scramble event and putting signs on the carts. And, you know, I, was, I, I, would have, I, was, I would have done something outside. I mean, I, I, mean, I love basketball. I love, wanted to be a basketball coach, you know. So if I wasn't you know, in the football world, I, high school teacher, I could have been okay. You know, being, being a Carolina guy, I always like those basketball guys. So uh, I'd have been, I still would have done something. I always said if I wasn't doing this, we'd be, uh, we'd be at the rec center at the Y. We'd be having a little three-on-three basketball tournament this weekend, you know. So as a kid in North Carolina, I mean, uh, Dean Smith was at the height of his powers. I mean, were you a Duke guy or were you a Carolina? No, heck no. Heck no. You were a Tar Heel? A Duke guy. Come on now. Oh, I don't know. Come on now. I was a Carolina guy. I was. I go back to – I can remember Charlie Scott and Rusty Clark playing UCLA in about the 69, about an eight-year-old kid. And watching those guys. And Walter Davis was one of my heroes back in the day. And so I grew up watching those. And, of course, back then there was only one game on a week, you know, and you didn't get a lot. And th- those uh, those guys were kind of – and at that time in North Carolina, you know, there wasn't uh, – much like Oklahoma, there was there was no pro team. So you were a, a, a Tar Heel, a Wolfpack, Blue Devil, or a Demon Deacon. Maybe you ventured over to Tennessee or Clemson, but you pulled for those teams. You knew when you went to church on Sunday and you're sitting in your Southern Baptist church based on – the colored tie that was worn, who won the game. Because when those Deacons got lucky enough to win the game, you saw the Deacon guys wearing their golden tie that next week. And when Carolina won, you saw them baby blue ones out. When the Wolfpacker won, here come, here come the red ties out. So uh, I just grew up where the college – that's why the college has impacted me. Uh, but I grew up a Tar Heel fan and a lot of respect for, for Coach Smith. And I think, you know, being one of the guys early that did the, the no-huddle, going-fast offense, I think my love for basketball helped me coach – that no huddle stuff because it's a little bit like, you know, pushing the ball in basketball a little bit. Around. Now, uh, yeah, but I mean, the Wolfpack won it all when you were 13. You know what I mean? So, I mean, again? Uh, the NC State, they won the national championship when you were 13. Yeah, so. no, I was in college and that was my second, that was my third year in college. I think Carolina won it my sophomore year. Michael hit the shot. No, and NC State won it when you were a kid, too, Kevin. Oh, that's right, with David Thompson, Money Tell, Tommy Burleson. Um, I mean, Stoddard, uh, uh, Stoddard was a baseball pitcher for the Orioles. He actually coached baseball at, uh, um, uh, he coached baseball at uh, Northwest Reserve. David Thompson could make change. They would put a, a dollar bill on top of the scoreboard. He would take right. four quarters and jump up and leave the quarters and pull the dollar off and start making change. 
So David right. Thompson from Shelby, North Carolina, one of the phenomenal early great athletes in college basketball. He was the greatest, uh, I would say the greatest athlete in college basketball in the 70s, athletically. And a great, yeah, yeah. Him and him and remember Daryl Grip, Dr. Duncan signed up at Louisville was pretty good. Oh, yeah. But well, David, yeah. David was a Monty Tao ran the show, a little short point guard. Had Monty Tao with Burleson about seven four inside. It was that was uh, it was Coach Norm Sloan. That was a great that was a great run for the Wolfpack. Right. So what about the buying a house, selling a house, the life stuff that goes with the job change like this? Have you had a chance to, to do any of that or is that all? Yeah, we're, we're in the process. We're kind of waiting here about a month. I think uh, where we live in Ohio, I think there's a lot of, of um, I've been told this, we could move not only spring, but in February is when a lot of executive business people kind of sell their houses. And we're in a, in, in a, in a neighborhood where I think it's, you know, we're, we're, our markets got to be, I think we have a house that will sell quick. We actually had someone look at it yesterday. And unfortunately, that means my wife now finally has the house cleaner than it ever has been. We're, we're clean when we're selling it. We're not clean when we live here all the time, even though she does a phenomenal job with what four dogs in the house. We got right now two cats, all the kids. So she keeps it clean. But it's, uh, it's amazing how clean we get it for someone else to see it. Uh, we'll look to get down there. The kids are in school. I don't know if we do it with recruiting. Maybe just wait till sometime in February if we find something here as recruiting ends and during the month of February, early March, trying to transition into town and get and get down there. But this is the first time that we're moving, just me and her, because uh, the other kids are are in. I, get, I have a senior at Oklahoma, a daughter down there. I have a senior playing college golf in Florida. And I've got a kid on the team here that's a, it's a sophomore and, and two kids out. So it's just going to be me and her moving. You need, to hire, you need to identify a GA, like, real soon who can go up and transport those animals. And then, yeah, it's going to be. I mean, it's, well, of course, two of the dogs are my daughters, but we we have we have two dogs and two and two cats. So it won't be that bad. I feel like we could have a whole nother podcast just about pets because I'm a cat person. So we could talk about yeah. that for a long time. But um, I had one jump on my lap last night as I laid down in bed, curled right up on me. I said, "What are you doing?" Of course, the cat was here for a week because our cats can manage themselves by themselves. Mm-hmm. So we had two cats in the house by themselves while we were going to the bowl game. That's going to check on them. So as soon as we came back and the dogs weren't here yet, the cats ran the roost for a day. They were, they were, they were getting their fair share of cat attention. That's for sure. <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay. Well, I think we're uh, good for today. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, all the best. Excited to be in town and looking forward to working with everyone, connecting the community and uh, rain came. Go, go to you. Thank you, Kevin. We'll see you soon. Thanks guys.